If you recall, it was earlier this year, far earlier this year, that Brother Nathan went through the book of Jonah. And while we were sitting and he was going through the book of Jonah, a verse popped out to me and has had a hold of me for about eight months. And it is Jonah chapter 2. Of all the strange Thanksgiving texts I'm going to take you to, I think this may be the strangest. Jonah chapter 2. We find Jonah in chapter 2. Where is he? Boy, he's in the belly of the beast, isn't he? He's in a place that nobody wants to be. Nobody, I don't, I don't think he wanted to be there. But here in verse 9, listen to what he says. He says, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. I want to look at that verse. You know, pretty soon, next, uh, not, I guess it is next week, because this is the first day of this week. Uh, Next week, millions across this country are going to celebrate Thanksgiving Day. And there's some history to this day. Uh, It's, it's, patterned after the the first harvest of 1621 when the pilgrims gathered and gave thanks. And and later in 1789, our first president, George Washington, uh, issued a Thanksgiving proclamation calling all citizens of our very young country at the time to offer thanks to God for his blessings. And boy, I wish our president would do that now. Um, But though this holiday has has, has retained its name, Thanksgiving, Really, it's become less about being thankful and more about football and food. And in spite of what has become of that, there is tremendous value in being thankful. Like I said, this book is probably not the first book you think of, but boy, is this a powerful verse. Now, There are three things I want us to draw from this one verse, and we'll just dive straight in. The first thing is the setting of Jonah's thanksgiving. Think about the the setting here for him. Uh, When we think about our own setting, y'all probably all have plans. You know what's going to happen on Thanksgiving Day because you've probably been doing it for quite a while. But for like us, the Simpsons, uh, we have... Uh, an invitation, we may go to Mamaw's house. And I've been going to Mamaw's house since I was Charlie's size. When they moved to Texoma when I was just a little boy, five or four or five years old. And and that house that they built there, I remember driving up there with my dad and our family. And they would work and build on this house. And they built the house on just, just a few acres. And, and when I, I know the smell of that house, even without smelling it. You know, it smells like butter and potatoes. I mean, it's the best smell in the world. It's Mamaw's house. It's a place of plenty and love and blessings and, and prosperity. But here for Jonah, where he's, having, where he's giving thanks, where he's having his own thanksgiving, this place that he was doing it in was a dark place. It was a quite literally a dark place. I don't think that he had any candles in there, but it was a dark place, not just in, 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 in the physical way, but it was a dark place in a spiritual way. 
Jonah had fallen far from where God wanted him to be, and God was putting him through a very serious trial to bring him back, to reprove him, and to bring him back into the correct path that God had for Jonah. And, and so this is a hard place. This is a, a, not a, a place that we, anybody would want to be, and this is not the place I think Jonah hoped or dreamed of being. This is the place where Jonah was, though. It's a dark place. And you might uh, be like some, and I don't think there's many in here that would scoff at the idea of someone being inside of a belly of a whale. That's because we all believe in the Bible. But there's plenty of people in this world who believe that to be in the belly of this fish, I said whale just a minute ago, this fish is absurd. But I I believe the Bible, and that's exactly where Jonah was then. The Bible says that's where he was, that's where he was. And while he's there, in this difficult and dark place, sometimes our life is dark and difficult. Sometimes our life leads us through periods of shadows. But in this place, Jonah reminds us here that God is to be thanked and to pray and praise, not just under the stars and under the bright sunlight that we have today, but even in the belly of the beast, in this dark place. He says, I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. Jonah recognizes who God is, that he is to be thankful uh, to God, and that God is to be praised. God is good all the time. And so he is worthy to be praised all the time, even when it's difficult. But beyond that, it's not just a dark place, it's also a divine place, which is kind of a, a strange thought. But this place was prepared by God. This fish was prepared by God for Jonah to be a vessel for Jonah's correction and his repentance. This was a thing that God had created just for Jonah, for this story to speak for eons and hundreds of years and thousands of years so that we would understand when we're in difficult times, sometimes it's a place that God has prepared for us. I I don't know what trials will be ahead for Darren Simpson, but I know that God is on the throne. And I know that God prepares times of, uh, of trial and, and testing for each of us so that we might grow or so that we might be corrected and so that we might fall back into an attitude of, of thankfulness. Some might wonder, how can I be thankful in such a dark time? What if I was in the belly of the fish? Is that the first thing you're going to think of? Man, God sure is good. No, probably not. It's hard sometimes. It's hard to be thankful when you're standing by the casket of a loved one. It's hard to be thankful facing the horrors of cancer. It's hard to be thankful when, when a, a marriage may be separating a home. But Jonah's reminding us here that we can be thankful even at dark times, knowing that our God is ultimately in control, knowing that God is good all the time, and that if he brings us into the dark, many times, if we'll pay attention, he will show us the light. No matter where you are in life, hard times, happy times, trust that it is a divine place, a place that God has prepared for you. We see the setting where Jonah was thankful. What about the the service that Jonah shows his thanksgiving, the service that he's going to provide? He says, but I will sacrifice unto thee 
I will sacrifice. I will pay that that I have vowed. So in the words of the prophet, we must learn an, an important truth of another important truth of thankfulness, and that is that thankfulness is not merely a verbal act. It's not. You know, we teach our children, and I, we try to teach our children, when someone does something for you, and we have to remind them, and I, we have to remind ourselves, don't we? Say thank you. If someone hands you something, say thank you. What do you say? Thank you. Right? But you know, being thankful is not just an act of the, of the lips. It's an act of our life. It's, it's something that we're to live out. Think about his, his offering. He says, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. That word sacrifice, it literally, literally means to kill an animal. Jonah was saying that he would offer a blood sacrifice unto God if he could. He was going to do it. And I believe he did do it. Uh, we no longer need to offer the blood of lambs and goats. The perfect sacrifice of Jesus, uh, we've observed just here, recent, just here if, you know, within the last hour in the Lord's Supper. And that has forever satisfied the need for, for blood atonement. But the idea of offering something to God should not be foreign in our lives. We are, we are to give an offering. We're to show our thanksgiving by an offering of, of our life. Romans 12.1. Man, it's low-hanging fruit on this subject, but it's, uh, it's very, very uh, useful for us to listen to this again. The Apostle, Apostle Paul wrote, I beseech you therefore, brethren. Uh, beseech, that's such a descriptive and intense word. He's begging. Listen, wake up, guys, is what he's saying. He's shaking us if he could. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Boy, what a claim to to beg us of this thing that he's about to beg. He says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul is not sitting, uh, you know, calmly twiddling his thumbs, saying, hey, guys, you know, you probably ought to do something for God. No, he's, he's urging us. He's begging. He's pressing do something for God. That's the reasonable thing for you to do. It's the right thing. Give yourself to Him. One of the greatest ways we can express our gratitude to the Lord is, is simply by just offering ourselves to Him, being available to Him. And in doing so, we're not merely saying that we're thankful, we're showing Him that we're thankful. I, I think that looks like a lot of different things, and I think right now for you it means you're here. Uh, you didn't have to be here today. You didn't have to be here this afternoon. Some of y'all are fighting naps right now. I get it. It's okay. That's why I got to be a little loud and jump up and down, you know, try to be exciting. Keep you engaged. Listen, you don't have to be here. You could be taking a nap. I think it's a sacrifice of worship unto God to be here. Now, uh, what you put into it is what you'll get out of it. Okay, if you want a blessing, you you probably need to be engaged and maybe fight that nap a little harder. But but listen, it's it's important that we give ourselves to what God would have us to do. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Uh, spend time in His Word. Pray and not just pray, but pray and listen to Him. And then share the gospel with someone. Boy, what a wonderful opportunity to be reminded to share the gospel and that we're being thankful for the gospel that has saved us. Why don't we share it with somebody? He also, uh, he also we see that he's going to be obedient. He says, I'll sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that 
that I have vowed. That second phrase, look at that. I, I will pay that that I have vowed. He's showing gratitude to the Lord by keeping his word to the Lord. He's saying, listen, God, what I've promised to do for you, I will obey and I will now keep my vows. When I was young and, and in Sunday school, I vividly remember Sunday school. We had uh, uh, the first church, the church I remember growing up in and, and it was the church I came here from, Northeast Baptist Church, and they've built a brand new building, and it's beautiful. But where it used to sit right there where that building was is just a little old stick house. And that some of those bedrooms got changed into offices and classrooms, and, and the living room was a classroom, and the kitchen was the church kitchen, and the garage was the place where we had fellowships. And it was the place where we had children's church, and it had blue carpet and paneled walls like they had in the 80s, you know. And we had Furry Murray, who was our puppet, and half the kids would scream because they were scared of the puppet. And, uh, but I remember learning songs, songs that taught me important truths about trusting and following God. And there was one called Obedience, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Man, y'all know that song? No? Man, we're going to have to get Brother Eric to teach, us, teach it to us, right? I, I would submit to you that obedience is not only the best way to show that you believe, it's the best way to show that you are thankful for God for what he's done. Jonah's reminding us that it is not enough just to proclaim our how thankful we are, but just also to portray it and to show it with our actions. And the last thing, we have the, the setting with, uh, with which uh, Jonah was thankful, the, the service that showed Jonah's thankfulness. How about this? The salvation for which Jonah was thankful. How does that verse end? He says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. Boy, don't miss that phrase. Jonah reminds us that the chief reason that we're to give thanks is because we're saved by our Lord. Amen. You know, uh, we're grateful because of God's grace. We talk often about what grace is. What is grace? It's receiving something we don't deserve and could not earn on our own. God has shown us grace, regardless of, uh, of, of our, rebellious, our, our rebelliousness, regardless of, of whatever uh, sin we've exhibited in our life, regardless of what kind of person we are, what our status is before others. God has shown all of us grace. And here we see that that grace leads to our salvation. He's pointing to our salvation. In fact, the next verse, uh, what happens? And the Lord spake unto the fish. God was waiting for Jonah to repent. He was waiting for Jonah to get it right. And just as soon as he made that proclamation, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed salvation of the Lord. It says, the Lord spake unto the fish and vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Boy, now he had an opportunity to put pay to his words. And offer that sacrifice and to live for the Lord once again. That, the, but that's the picture right there of that salvation for Jonah. 
It's not a picture of the cross necessarily, but it is certainly a picture of God's response to our faithfulness or to our, our, our uh, repentance, right? God will respond. When we repent and we turn to Him, He'll respond and He'll save us. He'll show us grace and mercy. We're to be grateful for our salvation. Think about because of your salvation, now you stand redeemed by God for all eternity. Uh, Nothing you can do can mess that up. Boy, that's good news for me because I mess it up every day. I do. And I... Sometimes, you know, I, I don't even notice what I'm doing. I, I, I don't catch uh, the, the, the poor decisions and, and attitudes that I'm having. And then suddenly I'll see it and boom, it hits me. And I know, man, I, I have blown it, God. I need to repent. Boy, imagine how, uh, how horrible it would be to, to experience that moment when you realize, hey, that's a sinful attitude, Brother Darren. The moment when you realize that, realize that you've just lost your salvation. But because of Jesus Christ, I can't ever lose it. That's not an invitation for me to sin more. That's not a, a license for me to sin. Paul said, God forbid. But boy, is it a joy and something to be thankful for. That for all eternity I stand redeemed by the blood of Christ. And we're not just to be grateful for the grace of our salvation, let's be great, grateful for the God of our salvation. Jonah said, what did he say? He said, salvation as of who? The Lord. The Lord. You know, so many times when we sit at Thanksgiving, and, and honestly, the Simpson family has not had a rich tradition of this, sitting around and talking about things we're thankful for. Usually what we do is we just you know, go to every casserole dish and and fill up the plate and get a little bit of everything. You got 15 different sides and a few pieces of meat. And I mean, that's what we do. And then we go watch football. That's what we've done most of my life. But you know, even if we sit there and we go around the table and we share what we're thankful for, we just say, boy, am I thankful for this. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful. But you know, who are we thankful to? Listen, our thankfulness belongs towards someone. There's, there's someone who is an object of our thankfulness. You know, when someone opens the door, you say, thank you. You're, you're offering that thanks to the person. But when we say, boy, I'm thankful for the blessings of my life, who are you thanking? We should be thanking the God of our salvation. During his term in the White House, President Truman began a tradition that carries on. On a Wednesday before Thanksgiving, a turkey is brought before the White House Rose Garden where the, chief, the commander-in-chief grants him a presidential pardon. And the bird is then taken to a farm where he's spared from the, the carving knife. Listen, we've been spared, haven't we? By someone who is in charge of our eternal life. And we should be so grateful. We should be grateful. We've been pardoned. By the Lord, we should be thankful. I want to share one last story that I actually saw just a couple of weeks ago. And it's about a guy named Pastor Jack Hinton. I think he passed away just a few years ago, but he was a pastor in New Bern, North Carolina. And he was on a mission trip to a leper colony on the island of Tobago. And there was time when he was leading singing 
There was time for one more selection. Now think about this place he's in. He's in a leper colony. These are people who have leprosy, and he's, he's leading worship, music. And there's an opportunity for someone to make a request. And so he, he asked for requests, and then a woman who had been facing away from the pulpit turned around, and this is what he says. He says, I saw the most hideous face I'd ever seen. The woman's nose and ears were entirely gone. Most of her lips had rotted away. And then she put a fingerless hand in the air and she asked, Can we sing, Count Your Blessings? And that sounds ironic. But boy, what, a, what an attitude of thankfulness. And this pastor... He was overcome with emotion. He was so overcome, he had to leave the service. And someone followed him out and said, uh, Pastor Hinton, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again, will you? And he said, oh yeah, I will. He said, but I'll never sing it the same way. Listen, we have so much to be thankful for. Even in the darkest of times. Even, uh, even whenever we face certain death, maybe even a painful death. We have so much to be grateful for. We've been spared. We've been pardoned. We've been saved by a God who loves and cares. And so I challenge you this next week. Be thankful to the God of our salvation. Be thankful for your salvation. And not just in word, but let's do it indeed. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, this is a bizarre place to find a, a Thanksgiving message, but God, I thank you that uh, you just pointed this out to me. And God, I pray that, that Lord, we'll be challenged by the testimony of Jonah. We know he wasn't perfect and his ministry did not end perfect, but God, uh, it speaks directly to our own attitudes in our own personal lives. Jonah, while he was not perfect, boy, was he real. And Lord, we are real. We live real lives. And we have real opportunity to either serve you or to go about our own way. Lord, help us not to find ourselves in the belly of a fish prepared for us for our repentance. Lord, help us to turn to you to show gratefulness before we arrive there. But Lord, if you lead us through that, even just to teach us or grow us, help us to be thankful. Lord, I pray for this church. Lord, help us to continue to grow in our faith and in our strength and in our faithfulness to serve you. And Lord, show us new ways to serve you in this community. Lord, help us not to grumble about the new uh, uh, exertion of energy or or expenditure of resources. But Lord, as we try to steward those things both well, Lord, help us to do it thankfully. I thank you for your love and your kindness towards us. We thank you for the mercy you've shown us. We just pray you bless our church. In Christ's name I pray, amen.